Okay, welcome back to today's podcast where I lead the whole show. It's gonna kill me inside. Roll intro. <laughs> I feel like because we're both kind of control freaks in our own way. Like even right now, I what? need to be. I, yeah, because you need, want to be a control freak of like how everything's designed, how everything's looked. You know, the aesthetic mm-hmm. definitely, um, just stuff like that. But I feel like I'm definitely a control freak. Like yeah, I, I need to Stop. shut up. <laughs> your, I'm sorry. Is this your podcast? <laughs> I told you it's gonna be hard. Okay, the first topic I want to talk about today, besides you talking about yourself, <laughs> is. The topic of YouTube channels. Okay. In particular, vlog channels. Now, a while ago, I'm going to say a couple years ago, it was more popular for YouTubers to have a vlog channel and then a main channel. But now the trend is becoming to put it all in one channel and just make all your content kind of authentic and mix between the vlogs and the main channel videos. Have you ever thought about having a separate channel? for vlogs because I know people kind of give you shit in a way when you post something that's not soccer related. Yeah. So have you thought about that? Yeah, I actually have thought about that, especially lately. Um, just because like I did, I think I had like two videos in a row where they weren't really soccer related. Um, yeah, cause I broke 200K. So I wanted to show like the fun side of me showing the music video. And then right after that we went to Queenstown. So I didn't train, I didn't work out really at all. I even actually did have a workout at the end of the video. Mm-hmm. But just in those two videos, comments were like has matt lost his motivation to become a pro like yeah. like all these comments like what like this is just your day-to-day life if you're walking around like with your girlfriend and like this channel has always been like i want to show you behind the scenes of a pro i don't want to put on the front of that so i if i st- take a step back and look at my channel as like the macro level like my whole channel is to show the most real authentic view of what it's like to be a pro soccer player Mm-hmm. And that means that I'm going to goof off and make a music video and just talk about that, you know, when I was 14. That means I take a Queenstown trip with my girlfriend and for three, four days, we don't work out or train. So if that's what's really going on in my life, I'm going to show that despite even if people don't like it because that needs to be shown. It's not just soccer 24-7. And it's so funny because I actually just listened to a podcast when I worked out yesterday. It was Gary Vee and he sat down with an EPL football player. Mm-hmm. Um and it, he actually talked about how if he loses a game, and he's like a big, he's got like 50,000 Instagram followers. Um, he plays for Reading, I think, right now. Or could, I think it was Reading, or he did play for Reading. But um, if he loses a game, and then he goes on Instagram, and he says, even if it's two, three days later, and he posts a picture at dinner with his girlfriend, or a dinner with his family, he'll get comments saying, maybe you should focus less on eating dinner and going out and having fun and focus oh more on the game. And he's just like, he's like, it's ridiculous, you know? And so that's, no, I would never break it up because I want a channel to show the real side. So you don't think it'll ever drive you to doing different content? You don't think it'll ever control what you post and what you don't post? What Like people's it? comments? People's comments? No. I mean, at the end of the day, like if, if people are really, if the majority is hating on it and says, Look, this is not what we want, blah, 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 then I'll probably listen to it. Mm-hmm. But when it's the minority and it's coming and, you know, I can't let the minority or a few comments get to me. I need to focus on and do what I think is the right thing for my channel, what I want to create. Yeah, I think the majority rule is a good way to look at it. Because yeah. if the majority of your viewers and subscribers are happy, then I think you're doing something right. What about you? Would you create two different channels? No, because, well, my content's not as like specific as yours. And I created mine on the premise that 
like you said, like with your soccer one, like you wanted to show like the whole side of everything. And I did go down this like route where I felt like kind of pigeonholed and I felt like I was in this box that I put myself in. Uh-huh. And I felt like if I didn't make, if I made a video that was about something random, like about something that I enjoyed, like actually in my life, I would feel like weird about putting it up because it didn't go with my channel. And I actually posted an Instagram about that and I just kind of spewed it all in the caption and everybody commented like, you know, we watch these people on YouTube because we like them as a person and we like their life and we're interested in their life. And yeah, it's cool when they like have a goal and they're following something, but they just like to watch you yeah. most of the time. Like your actual fans just want to watch you. They don't care what it is. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like good to hear. And now I don't really care what I put up, you know, Yeah. theme subject wise. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do, and I do think too, because like I want to balance that as like, I do think that majority of the people you know do follow me, just because you know I'm a motivating person or mm -hmm. or in terms of soccer, they like seeing workouts and trainings. So I mean, if like you do have 24 hours in your day, so I do show in the 10 minute long video. Most of that video makes up the only hour or two hours I'm at the field or in the gym. You know, so I do show that more, but I never want to alter my content on YouTube or like change the way I live my life just to please other but people. But do you get any sense of like nervousness or re- reluctance, I guess, when you do post something that is more like a Queenstown vlog and it's not like you training and going to a game? Um, I think that, well, it's interesting because whatever you post, one person will say they absolutely love this style of video and the other person will just say they don't like it. Like I've posted for the Queenstown, like we saw the comment. There was one or two, three They were comments. back to back. Yeah. The first person said, you know, like, man, you're losing your motivation, yeah. your motivation. Like I'm unsubscribing. Like, you know, you're not even playing soccer right now. And then the next comment right after that was, I like your vlogging content way more than your soccer content. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, you can't make them all happy. Exactly. That's what boils down to. You can't make everybody happy. So I... I always approach it based off of showing the real side and also creating something that I, as a 13 through 20 year old kid, would want to watch. You know, if I sat down and I was following Matt Sheldon from Become Elite, you know, what would I want? And it would be a mix. Well, if that's what your your channel stands for and that's what you stand for as a YouTuber, then why do you feel the need to give a disclaimer every single time you make a video like that? Because I know there are people that are just in there for the soccer, and I don't want them to sit through 20 minutes of video. If they don't, if they really, if they don't care about my life, that's fine. They just wanted mm-hmm. the five essential crossing videos. If I pull up that video of like, oh, I really needed this at the beginning, I go, you know what, guys, no soccer content. So go if you want to watch. If you're just here for that, yeah, you know, just as like a disclaimer, hey, you know, if this is what you're for, you don't need to waste 20 minutes of your day. You know, mm-hmm. I would hope that people would care a little bit about me, but that's also kind of like a egotistical thing, and I, I kind of come to terms that not everybody's going to care about me. I'll get comments saying like, you know, I have a video sometimes and it's hard too when you title it like I had one video uh, as a small ball training going to help you. And it was more of a vlog, but I didn't have a really good, nothing stood out to make the title of the video. But in the vlog, I actually did a small ball training session. Like, oh, that would be a really good thing is does a small ball help you? But that training session was at the end of my day, you know, or the next day, the end of my video. And then I had like one or two comments or a couple comments where people were being like, why do I have to sit through like 16 minutes of bullshit before I get to the answer, you know? I'm like, well, that's my life. <laughs> you know, I'd hope you'd enjoy bullshit. it, but you do have to yeah. st- take a step back. It's like people sometimes would just really want the answer. So I have to kind of, and then it, it, everything, like I said, you take a step back, just do what you want to do, create what you want to create, and then just try to show. I think it's smart for you to give them the heads up or maybe even just say, 
at the beginning of each video, like the soccer's at the end, if you want to watch that, yeah. whatever. But I think that's a good way to please the most people. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, it's like, I don't want to turn the video too into like, okay, so if you guys, you know, just for soccer, this is this video, this video, if you want this. And I'm like, just put it out there and have See, them. See, but that's, that's the, the dilemma though. Like, yeah. do you just make it raw and make it real? Or do you try to please everyone and not like step on anyone's toes? That's so hard. And I feel like as a content creator, all you're doing most of the time, probably 99% of your day is trying not to piss people off. You know what I mean? And like, I haven't really gotten there yet because I don't have enough people watching me, but I know from at least your standpoint, you have to make sure everything that you say cannot be taken the wrong way, you know, or that you mm -hmm. can't be taken the wrong way. Yeah. And it, it's hard because you can't just put whatever you want out there without thinking about it. Yeah. I'm, I kind of think like, I always try, I try to always tell myself like, make your videos and make your content stuff for the 90%, the 99% of just normal people out there who aren't going to care. Mm -hmm. You know, if I say like, uh, I don't know. I can't even think of something. But like, it, but there's no matter what you do, someone's gonna get mad. They're gonna you're gonna offend somebody. It's true. I can literally eat like my go through my day, show everything, not say anything off offensive at all. But someone gets mad. I had one person get mad. Like, you're eating rice cakes. Like, do you know <laughs> rice cakes are made with styrofoam? Like, I'm like, you, you can't do anything. You every <laughs> single thing. Just don't eat anything. Yeah. Or like I'll leave a cabinet open and I'm like walking out of the scene. I remember that one. And people so like, like close your cabinets. Like it's like. <laughs> was that in Germany? I don't know where it was, but it's just like yeah. it's just one of those things. Like just I've I've learned just to 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 forget it. The people that are making those crazy stupid comments is the one out of a thousand, two thousand, ten thousand people that watch the video and go, I like this guy's content. I have nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. It's the noisy minority, and you just have to learn to tune out the noisy minority. So when that minority becomes the majority then you really have to start listening to that majority. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to continue on the YouTube subject. Okay. Is there a specific video or a couple videos that stand out to you and that it like made a big impact on your life or that you watched a bunch of times? Even if it's not about something deep, but that you rewatched or that you showed people or that you like bookmarked or something. Yeah. What? Uh, when I was 12 or 13, there was kind of a series called Joga Bonito. And it's Brazilian for like... Oh, that was my favorite series too. <laughs> it's Brazilian <laughs> for the beautiful game. Mm -hmm. And it was basically this guy, I can even picture him, he had like long hair. He was like uh, Brazilian or Argentinian or something. Southern, like from South America, uh, South America. And he would just basically talk about like these little cool um, sayings. Like, you know, this is why we play. Like he had this thick like South American accent. Mm -hmm. This is why we play uh, for the beautiful game. And like talking. And it was always like this kind of like cool like, Brazilian or Argentinian <laughs> music, you know, like kind of dance like that to yeah. it. And these players would just be doing uh, Ronaldinho, you know, like Roberto Carlos. They would just be playing with the ball and having fun and smiling, barefoot in the locker room, juggling sessions. Ronaldinho, that Nike ad where he has like puts on the tempos and hits off the crossbar, bounces back to him, juggles again, hits off the crossbar. It's fake, you know. But a lot, the, the whole idea of it is it's like it's the beautiful game. You know, it's just about playing, having fun and just enjoying it. And those videos I've probably I watched, you know, from 13 to 16, I probably watched a thousand times. And there's not that many of them, but just that whole—it was more of just the vibes around mm -hmm. that, just having fun and playing and beautiful weather and barefoot and just having fun with it—that like really got me into training and having fun and just treating soccer as less of like, oh, I need to go to training. Now I have a game this weekend. It's like let's enjoy it. Let's try to make it beautiful. Let's have fun mm -hmm. and play. So I'd say that would be a huge video for me in my life that definitely influenced me. That's cool. I didn't know that. How about you? Oh, 
I don't have I don't have something specific like that that I can go to. Um, there's definitely channels that I've found that like once I watched it, like a light bulb went off in my head, and I was like, "This is what I want to do." You know, like when mm. I would watch the Mr. Kate. There's this one YouTuber who she does like they're pretty like cheap bu- budget um, renovations of like houses and apartments in LA, and she does it for other YouTubers and stuff. But it was just fun. Like what she did was fun, and I actually she had one video that I watched that made a big impact where she gave like her um, story, like her background of how she got to where she was. Uh And she said that she didn't go to school for an interior design. Like she didn't major in that or anything. She just started doing it and she was always creative. And like after I watched that, I was like, hey, like she's successful. Like people trust her. Like they really like her opinion and her design. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, like that just kind of made me feel better. Like you don't have to do it the way other people do it, you know? Yeah. Well, if you look at it, like the way even some huge fitness people have developed full businesses or training businesses it's not that they have the best degrees or the best it's just that they create I think like I've talked about in previous podcasts like Mm -hmm. I and this is something that many other people have just emphasized as well attention is like the biggest commodity and you can treat that attention like negatively or positively you just could be like an attention like whore you know where you just like it to feed your ego or you can understand that that attention you can push onto your business you can take that attention and help your career you mm-hmm. can take that attention and do whatever you want with it once people care about you are attentive to you and want to care about anything about your life that's so powerful yeah you so can it's tell like, there's like some people who just like run with it yeah. and they just like you know and then so and that was like a huge thing about businesses too. Like so many people have, have kind of gone into this market of like, okay, let me develop the best product ever. Um, like for example, Pactera Athletics, you know, is these amazing, amazing uh, tights and um, compression, yeah, tights and short and three quarters and long length. They're amazing. But he's, uh, you know, and Aaron, I love Aaron, but he spent uh, years perfecting this product. And then he has this perfect product, but it's hard to figure out how to market it, you know? And then he was selling it, doing this for years or working at it and barely any growth. Comes out to me, he was like, hey, can I give you a free pair? I try them on, I loved them. I'm like, yeah, I put it in one video. And then he had like his best, best months of sales mm-hmm. because of that attention, you know? And so I, yeah, I think it's good to focus on both and create a good well, product. I, yeah, and- I think for some people it could work doing the product first and then the marketing second. But like we both agree it's like build your audience first. But how are you going to sell it if you don't have a, if you, you could have the best well, product Well, I mean, in the world. it's like, it, uh, there are some companies that don't work like that. Like, it's like even like pharmaceutical. Older companies, yeah. Well, yeah. But I'm talking about, look, Airbnb, Netflix, all yeah. these like big, huge companies that are exploding. Uber. Mm-hmm. It's word of mouth. It's attention. And I mean, it's these promotions that it's like, hey, download, download this on your phone and you get a free ride. And you're like, what do you mean? Like a, a free taxi ride. You can get it right now. It's just like all attention. Yeah. And so I think that, like, especially going forward, you won't see these. And the businesses that are product first, then they have to spend tons and tons of money on figuring out a way to develop it, attention. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's just how I think. You're probably right. <laughs> Not gonna argue with it. Um, so I have another question about YouTube because I think it's interesting. Wow, we're just going down the YouTube rabbit hole, yeah. huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, this is meant to be not a quick answer. It's supposed to be like you know, conversation. Okay. So I know that there are some YouTubers that you really look up to and that you really like. But if you could have, I was going to say five, you can do three or five or whatever you want. If you could interview these, oh. like your favorite YouTubers, actually it doesn't even have to be YouTubers, it could be anybody that you could interview like on our podcast or like on your YouTube channel. 
I want to know who, and I want to know what you would ask them, mm-hmm. like specifically. Yeah, that's a good question. Because I'm sure the questions would be different for each person yeah. too. Like if I were to choose an athlete, you'd yeah. probably sit down with Ronaldo. I'd like, I'd love to sit down with Cristiano Ronaldo. I mean, I just think he's an amazing player. But you said before you wouldn't ask him about soccer. Yeah, well, yeah, because like, like I said, there even with YouTubers too, I wouldn't ask them these questions that they talk about in their YouTube videos all the time. Okay, I just want to know what you. How the conversation would go. I would first, I think a big thing about like sitting down with these people would just first off just to tell them like the impact that they've had on me, just to thank them. Just simply that, like, hey, look, you know, whether you're Ronaldinho, I'm sitting down with Ronaldinho, Cristiano Ronaldo, whether I'm sitting down with uh, Max Tuning, Casey Neistat, like these are people that like have really motivated me in different facets of my life. Mm-hmm. But for sure, sit down and just be like, look, you've influenced me this way. Cristiano Ronaldo was huge on influencing me to take my body to the next level, you know. I realized I was skillful, but I just kept on getting pushed off, blah, blah, blah. You know, Ronaldinho really taught me just to love soccer. Max Tuning and Christian Guzman all taught me how to, like, really take that and vlog your day. And then Casey Neistat really brought out that artistic, like, video creation and that love for video editing. So sit down, thank them all for influencing different parts of my life. And just say, look, this is what you did, I appreciate it. Then I would just ask them just questions. Like if Casey was sitting here Casey Neistat. Like, I would just be like... I would probably ask questions like, you know, how do you really feel when you get people coming up to you every single day taking pictures of you? You know, you get to go, just stuff that I'd be really curious about, whether like almost to see my life later on. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't think I'll ever get as big as Casey Neistat. But I'm just like wondering, like, does it, do you become numb to it? Um, do you get annoyed with it? It seems like at some points he does get annoyed with yeah. it. You know, you have to. Because, like, he can't even get into his building without mm-hmm. having to go through, like, 50 people. Mm-hmm. And especially when you have, like, a baby and, like, a pregnant wife. Yeah. That's scary. Like, that's not easy. Yeah, and I ask, like, Max Tuning and Christian Guzman, like, probably about business. More business-related questions mm-hmm. about, like, um, the, the risk and reward they've taken with their businesses, how it's going. Because um, that's, like, something I really like about what they've done with Everford. Or Christian Guzman's done with Alpha Elite. Mm-hmm. And then like Cristiano Ronaldo or Ronaldinho. Like Ronaldinho, I definitely want to learn more. Because he's so much about having like fun in the game. But I want to know about the other side. Like the dark side, you know. Because he is smiling all the time. Do you time. think it is a front? I don't think it's a front. I think he is obviously smiles a ton. But mm-hmm. I would want to know like what mo- like what's a dark thing like that motivates you to train? Like are you really competitive? Do you like to beat? Are you? Because some people just live. Michael Jordan just lived to beat everybody, everything. He wanted to be the best. <laughs> Or did you just want, like, did you do it for money? And I, I, like, yeah, you love the game. You love soccer. But what's a more selfish reason that might be a little bit, maybe not as much for the love, but, like, what really motivates you dark? I want to know the other side of it. And Ronaldo, obviously, is so much about, like, that, you know, body and, like, oh, I'm, you know, people hate on me, love me or hate me, you know, work hard, all that stuff. I probably just want to know more about, like, his mindset and just stuff like that. Okay. What about you? That's a good answer. Oh, I don't know. I didn't think about my answer. I just thought about asking. <laughs> well, who would you things. sit down with first? <laughs> who would I sit down with? Like anybody? Yeah, if I'm like Mimi, I'm a genie. I can grant you one wish to bring one person on the podcast with the snap of my fingers. Who would it be? Kelly Worsler. Oh, I'm a big fan of Kelly's. <laughs> <laughs> I think this played her to you before. I don't think you were listening. Um, she's just, she's just this really. No, cool. you have. A, she's the one who has her own product line. Yeah. So her business model, like everything she does is like my dream, basically. She started out doing, I think, I read her bio on Wikipedia one time, but she started out doing, um, I think, movie sets and like TV sets in Hollywood because she really loved interior design and she thought that would be a good way to get into it. So she started doing that and then she met some influential people and then one guy that she met somehow, some contact she had, 
asked her to design the lobby and I think it might have been the rooms and stuff too but the lobby of this one um, hotel in LA and then she did and everybody loved it so then from there like her career just snowballed and she's gotten to do a lot of these commercial projects and a lot of these residential projects for celebrities and all these rich people with beautiful homes and she has like the one of the best product lines and interior design lines in the world and everybody loves it mm -hmm. and all she does every day like I, I follow her Instagram and it's so cool because like I remember this one post she did where she took a picture of like it was like just like these cool black leather chairs and she's like uh, just um, going around Paris looking for inspiration for my next line or something mm -hmm. and she was just going around the different like flea marts or flea <laughs> markets and like thrift stores and all these things in Paris just to get inspiration for what she's gonna like design I know I was like oh my god <laughs> I was like that's a real job <laughs> yeah I want to talk to her just what would you ask I would just ask you know how she did it I just want to know I don't know maybe if she just has any advice for Someone that wants having to a follow. similar career because I yeah. want one that's really similar to that yeah and the cool thing with her is that like the reason why I, I kind of lost the drive to do interior design like work for another company was because it would it wouldn't be my vision ever unless it was like I was the principal designer you know which is really rare or it has to be your own company she gets to do all these projects she started a company called proper hotels and residences and she just buys up these buildings like she just did one in san francisco she just bought this giant uh, brick building and she just gets to do whatever she wants with it it's hers like her company's doing it and now everybody wants to go there and stay there they're gonna pl pay a premium price to stay at a kelly Wurstler hotel mm -hmm. you know and all she does is just she just does what she wants to do and everybody loves it how did she so did she is she big on social media or does she I mean she is but I think it was just more like word of mouth and she just became she just became iconic in LA yeah. and it really helps like when you do like say you do like Jennifer Lopez's living room and then it's all over every magazine people go and you know interview JLo and then they're like okay like you know who did your living room like where is this sofa from and her name always comes up mm -hmm. because she did these like very in influential people's houses you yeah. know like I just saw this house for sale on like Yahoo or might have been on the Architectural Digest it was Gwen Stefani's house from a while ago she probably has you know multiple of them but Kelly did her whole house so on every photo of Gwen Stefani's house, it says Kelly Wurstler on it, you yeah. know, because she did everything and she built every piece of furniture and wallpaper and rug, like everything. That would be, so you just want to sit down, talk more about following in her footsteps. Yeah. And I think too, like attention, like, I mean, like you said, is so big for that. I mm -hmm. mean, the, the, the word of mouth that having the celebrities pointed out, like this is a Kelly Wurstler, yeah. like any type if you have you know it doesn't matter if that's your attention how you get attention or if your attention because you have a huge YouTube following yeah because she because well, she started like her career like bloomed before Instagram was like a thing you know and mm -hmm. she's been doing this for a while she has kids like my age and so I really do think it was just like some people I don't want to say you get lucky but some people just get that break in LA or get that break in I that think world luck you is know? a big thing though I yeah. think like she probably had a good mentor and like her like her work just got featured yeah. Easily. Yeah. Because I, I think luck is, I mean, I don't, I have, I balance it so much with the luck and with like, t I think the stuff of timing works out. And I think yeah. that you can have a way of making your own luck and having the best, always creating the best opportunities and work ethic and all that stuff. But I think there's always an aspect of luck with everything. Becoming a pro, uh, starting your own business, exactly. doing something. It's just like the timing of everything. Yeah. Like, you know, she's in the right place. She did the right project at the right time. Mm-hmm.
And I also think, too, like, her stuff is, like, timeless, but it's also pretty trendy. So I think, at least in L.A., you know, everybody wants, like, the newest and greatest furniture, the newest and greatest style. So they always want, like, you know, what's in right now. And she's huge. So everybody wants her to do their stuff. So I think she, she works it the right way. She knows how to get their attention. She can work it. Okay, so yeah. I'll start. I'll get Kelly Wurstler on the podcast. I'll, I'll contact. I'll get Ronaldinho and Ronaldo, <laughs> Casey. <laughs> That'll be easy. Maybe we should start with like Max Schuney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not to say Max Schuney yeah. isn't big. Okay, I have just a fun question. Fun question. About me. A question. Yeah. About you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I just remember you telling me pretty recently <laughs> that when we went on our first date. You thought that I was pretty serious, like on our first date, and I we attribute that to just me being nervous. But then you said that like once you got to know me, you realized that I was just really weird and like a dork, not serious, at all. <laughs> yeah. like a dork. I was just wondering if there's anything else that surprised you about me, like as we started dating. Yeah, later as we on. started dating. No, I definitely think that uh, you were you hid your dorkiness and weirdness <laughs> pretty well at the beginning. Because you were just like, uh, like you said, we probably attribute it to like nervousness that you weren't like laughing that much and just like kind of like just talking. And I was like, I think that also wasn't just nervousness. I think it was the fact that you were older than me too. Yeah. So I didn't want to come off like that annoying freshman that just like giggles the whole time. And I was like a stud, you know? Yeah. (laughs) No, but I think that uh, that was definitely one thing. I'm like, I just went home and it wasn't a bad thing, but most of the girls that I had dated or like seen with, been with before were just like always like gigglers, you know? Because I like to be like to talk and like they they would laugh and that'd be it. That'd be our relationship. (laughs) Not much substance. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I was like, I was just, it wasn't a giggler, but I was like, I like her though. She was really cool. I definitely want to see her again. And then, um, but yeah, and then as we got to know, I was like, this girl's a dork. She's, <laughs> she giggles all the time. She laughs and she's funny. But uh, I'd say other than that, I don't know if there's anything that'd be like surprising. I mean. Well, like here's an example. One thing that surprised me about you is that you're a good artist. I would never mm-hmm. have guessed that. I don't think other people would have guessed that. I actually that hit that a lot when I was in high school. I was almost like, no, I, can, I was a little embarrassed by it. Because, you know how you... Because well, you're like the jock. You're yeah, You're supposed to be kinda, like good at art. But like, I was... I mean, it was from Portland. And Portland's such like a free-flowing, like, oh, no-click. Like, you could be whatever you wanted. But I just... I don't know. For me, I kind of told myself at an early age, like, I love drawing. I went to, you know... Because I, you went to I that, would alternate like, camps. Like, I would have a... You know, when you go to camp at summer camps, I'd go to like a basketball camp, a soccer camp, an art camp. And I'd always have the same amount. See, I bet you... All these people don't know that about you. Yeah. I was like a big, I loved it. I, and I create, and I almost would look forward to art camp more sometimes just because I love the environment. <laughs> there was like, you know, obviously soccer camp, basketball camp, it's just so, so competitive. It's so much fun like, like that. Yeah. But art sometimes is just like, you, it's relaxing. There's no, comp- there's yeah. no competition. You sit down and you draw. And then I had to be the best draw- artist sometimes. Yeah, sure. But like, it di- is different, and, it, and for me, but then I saw that, and I was like eight, nine, ten. I told my mom, like, look, I can, I can draw and focus on art, and when I'm later on in age, and this was like me nine years old, I was saying this. I want to focus on the thing that I can only have a limited time with, and that's soccer and basketball. Mm-hmm. So I focused, I stopped going to art camp, start drawing so much, and focused more on working out, training, stuff like that. But yeah, in high school, I like kind of hit it. Just not, and it wasn't like they was embarrassed by it, but it was more of like. By showing it, I thought that I would get pressured to do something more with art, mm-hmm. you know? So I kind of like, oh, yeah, I know. I, even with my artists, like paintings and stuff in art class, I just kind of go half-ass. Because I'm like, oh, no, I'm a soccer player. I'm going to play soccer. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm decent at it, but just kind of like that. Okay. What surprised you about me? Was um, it that I was really good at golf? <laughs> Mimi always Whoa, claims. Whoa, you're really Mimi good. Mimi always claims she's got. A, she's really good at golf because she has a first place trophy. I do. And there was one person in that competition in that age group for girls, and <laughs> she got it. Um, me. I don't know. I thought that maybe. Uh, I, I guess like maybe the confidence side of working out. Of like where you did where you were like nervous about that mm. kind of surprised me because I you just struck me as so confident so like everything was confident. Well, see, I don't, I don't get, I get nervous when someone else when it's like their forte. Yeah, yeah and I do it around them. Yeah, you know what I mean. No, it makes sense. Yeah, hundred percent. Like I would get nervous if I went surfing with someone who was like a big. Surfer. Yeah, because because when I'm like with my friends, like I'm the person they ask questions about for or to, work to about working out. Yeah. Like they ask me questions. Like I lead them in exercises and stuff. But then when I'm around you, I'm kind of like. No, well, that makes 100% sense, though, because you don't want to be like, yeah, I'm doing this exercise for this. I'm like, that doesn't work that out, you know? Because it would be way more embarrassing if I was wrong. Yeah. And I was, like, confident about it. Yeah, and so that, I mean, I think that's normal for everybody. But um, just, like, little things, like, I don't know, I guess that would be surprising. But other than that, like, I kind of, like, we talked about, like, even in the first couple of days that you, like, were really creative, that you... I guess the biggest thing was just that you were such a dork. <laughs> but I love that. <laughs> and then, yeah, because you were more serious on the first date. But nothing crazy. See, the art thing pissed me off, though, with you. That you were good at it. Because I was like, that's the one thing that I have over you. And then you're also good at it. I was like, come on. I like, went home to my mom. I was like, mom, he's good at art, too. He's good at everything. <laughs> my last question for you from me. We have more, so don't worry, but this is just the end of my questions. Yeah. If your career, knock on wood, were to end today, okay. would you be happy with it? 100%. So happy. Because I actually, it's so funny that you just asked that question because I just posted this on Instagram what? today on my Become Elite Instagram. I'll pull this up right now. I said, if I quit now, I will soon be back to where I started. And when I started, I was desperately wishing to be where I am now. And like that hit me. I didn't see that, by the way. I appreciate the support. (laughs) It's so funny you asked me that because I I saw that quote and it like really resonated with me. And I saw that quote actually like while I was down here in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. Because like it's no hiding the fact that I'm taking a step down from the USL to come down to New Zealand. You know, it's not a professional league. And every player here is not getting a fully professional salary. And so it, it's hard to do that and to, to like take that step back almost and not think that you're failing or not to think that, you know, I should just quit now. It's, uh, it's over. Um, but like I said, if you were to tell even 13, 14 year old me juggling in my garage, trying desperately hard to learn to do the around the world, it's like, hey, look, little Matt, <laughs> and you're 13 years old now in 13 more years when you're 26 almost 26, you will easily be able to do the... If you just told me you could do like two around the world in the world in, in a row and your juggling record is until you get tired. Mm-hmm. It's not about controlling it. I would have been stoked. If you told them, yeah, and by the way, you actually make that A team that you've been struggling to make soon and you play high school varsity soccer and you have a really good career in high school, I would have been stoked. And then if you were to tell them, and then you go on to play division one college soccer, I would have been stoked. And if you tell them that you were leading goal scorer, 15 goals, starting as a freshman, hat trick your first game, it's just all bonus, you know? At 13, I was just, I just want to play, I just want to learn the around the world. I just want to make this 18. Those are my expectations. And like, 
every year it just kept on growing and growing and growing. And then even to the point where it's like, okay, if I can play, have a good division one, good experience, I said, good experience in college, get a degree and go into the business world, I'll be happy with my career. And then it blossomed more. I went to play semi-professional, San Jose Earthquakes U23s, it became a leading goal scorer. Something that I never expected even in college that would have happened. And then it just kept on growing. And then you could play, you know, I told myself, if I just play, train with a pro team, I'll be so happy. Then you do it. And then you're like, that's awesome. And you're like, okay, now if I can just sign one contract, one contract, doesn't even have to be fully professional, but one contract where I'm getting paid to play, that would be amazing. And I go and do that in Germany. And I said, okay, now I want to sign a fully professional contract. And so it's like taking a step back and really going a huge macro level step back my career has been amazing. But then when you focus in on it today, people can see how it's like, oh yeah, you're failing and it, it, it can be frustrating and stuff. But if, I, if it were to end today and I never played a competitive game of soccer again in my life, I would be so amazingly happy with what I've accomplished, my career, everything. I'd be so proud of what I did. That's a good answer. Thanks. Mm-hmm. What about you? You're just beginning. <laughs> I have nothing yet. I don't want to say nothing. Yeah. I mean, you have thousands of people who follow no, you I'd on Instagram. I'd be really disappointed if this is what I thought. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah. But then you have to think about it, too. I'm twenty, almost 21 years into my career yeah. of soccer, and you are... No, I hope I'm way past where you are. <laughs> yeah. Way past. Me, too. <laughs> okay, so to end this podcast, I want to just ask a few questions that people submitted mm-hmm. to... Was it to your Instagram or to the podcast? Yeah, I just posted on my Become Elite Instagram of like, hey, ask, we're filming a podcast. Like, ask some questions. Okay. And Are so, you going to credit them? And since this is my podcast, I get to lead the conversation. Okay. I'll give credit. I said the name wrong last time he commented. Did you see that? No. He said how to pronounce it. It's <laughs> like, well, I was close. <laughs> okay. Did we ever get to this one last time? No, because you didn't okay. want me to do it. Yeah, sure. I was in a bad mood. Okay, Seb dot from Magiot. Okay. Says, what does happiness mean to you? Happiness means to me for sure is doing what I want to do. I think freedom, freedom, and having the ability to do whatever you want to do when you wake up. Whether it is to train, whether it's to work out, whether it's to run, whether it's to work on a video, whether to do anything is one of the ultimate forms of happiness to me. Yeah. And like not, I can't be bound by a boss. I cannot be bound by something like that. And to me, one of the biggest things is for definitely for freedom to do what I want to do when I want to do it. And that's why someone asked me like, would you ever sell your business to like somebody um, who would maybe finance these amazing videos, but they get to control the videos. That, and I'd be like, no, I would rather stick to my $0 budget allowance, yeah. you know, and make the videos that I want to make when I want to make them. Same thing with like a timeline. People are asking, you need to get on a set schedule to put the videos out here. And it's like, no, because I value that. If the I'm whole having point a, of why you did it. Exactly. If I'm having a tough week, you know, with training or with whatever, I'm not in the mood, I'm not happy, I can be like, you know, screw it. I'm not going to make a video today. I'm not going to make a video this week because I'm not feeling it. And then... That's just, I think that is, is definitely um, huge. And then I think outside of that would be to be in a good 
environment socially because I crave like human interaction with Attention. something. <laughs> Correction. Yeah. And so like being with you is definitely makes me happy. Like you being down here in New Zealand, I'm exponentially happier than I was when I was down here by myself. Oh. And then like um, my family and friends, like I'm away from them, but like you kind of see that when you go off to different areas that that interaction with your family or your friends or people that you really, um, they just make you laugh is like really crucial to me. So I need to be around people that do that. Mm-hmm. And whether that's my teammates, whether that's you, whether that's my family, whether that's somebody, I just need, and that's what was hard about Germany was because I did, I loved my teammates and they were great guys, but that, that um, language barrier prevented any deeper conversation or deeper jokes. It was all physical jokes of you slipping and they would laugh or they would slip <laughs> and I would laugh. Or it was like, yeah. oh, the teammate slaps another team in the face. I think that's funny. It was also, it was, you know what I'm saying? Physical and not yeah. like a deeper level of like connection or comedy. So I'd say... The freedom and then socially, those are the two things that really make me happy. And obviously, soccer is it. But I don't think soccer is to the point where if it were taken away from me today, it would not make me, I would be unhappy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I soccer makes me happy, but I'm soccer is not my life. And I think that's crucial. Yeah. I don't know if I agree with you on that one, though. Why? I think, well, I just think it's easier to say that. But I, like... I think that when anybody get you know retires, anyone gets injured, you go through like a period of withdrawal. Yeah. Because it is your life. But I can I can I I agree with you when you say though that when it's gone and it's out of your life that you'll make something else your life. Mm-hmm. You know, like you'll be okay. Yeah. If but I, I think for the majority of your life, it has been your life. Yeah, I would rephrase that because like in the like for example, the last ten months, I was unhappy when I was injured. It was a, a fact. I was unhappy mm-hmm. when I couldn't play. I couldn't. Be trained at the level I wanted to train. I couldn't play, even dropping down from a fully professional league. It, it made me unhappy. But I do think, as a person in the huge thing of life, like there will be a day where I can't play competitive soccer anymore. And that day is coming up within, it, I would say, max 10 years. 10 years max of when I can play competitive soccer anymore. And at a high level, like professional level, probably less, six years, mm-hmm. you know? And I know that's coming and I know that like that can't be your life because like I've talked about before, that roller coaster of highs and lows, when you do make it at your life and you're on a high and you're scoring goals, signing contracts, doing that, it's amazing. But as soon as you hit the low, you can get to a very dangerous place. So I think it needs to be part of your life. Mm -hmm. But the two main important things in my life is freedom to do what I want and social of being in a social environment. I think right now, freedom of what I want to do right now is play soccer. That's what I want to do, you know? And even like with freedom, I'm sacrificing some freedom of where I want to go, where I want to live, being away from my family, stuff like that, because what I want to do right now is play soccer. That's what makes me happy. But in 10 years, I won't be playing soccer at a competitive level. This is a good question. It's asked by Craybolo95. No, that's Kenny Ribello. Pretty sure it's Cribello. I think his name's Kenny. <laughs> well, his username is this. <laughs> what was the best thing you were able to take out of being injured? Ooh. Um, there's a lot of things I think you could take out of injuries, like positive positives. And I think like I just was talking about before, how you can't make soccer your complete life. There's a lot of quotes that are like, soccer is not a matter of like life and death. It's much more important than that, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a fun quote. But if you actually talk to professionals and you hear what it's like to go on these low periods or these periods of your life, you know, where soccer is taken away from you, 
you can't make that your life. You need to have other things in your life that make you happy because when you can't control, you don't have 100% control of soccer, you know? Mm-hmm. So and what's the best thing you've taken out of being injured? It's to make other things a priority in your life, whether that's working out. Do you think you've done that in the last 10 months? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely made it more of a, um, I'd say, effort to stay in contact with my family, talk to my family, talk to my friends, um, even being with you, like going down to Queenstown, enjoying stuff. Because I, I was, I've been in periods of my life where it's like, no, I am not going to. You know, you've been with me in periods of my life where it's like, if it's two days before the game, I wouldn't even go out and get you know frozen yogurt with a friend, and not even just go out and not even going to eat anything, but go out because it'd make me tired, and I'd go to bed ten minutes later. Mm-hmm. And that's not a way to live life, you know. Or even at like a, a more crazy level of like, you know, a friend would, when I'd be in St. Louis and a friend would come in town that I haven't seen in four years and he's like, let's go grab a beer. You know, I would, I would go out and actually drink a beer with him because that social interaction. I remember that it was, it's, well, it's still weird for me. I think when you go do that, cause I'm used to you saying no. Yeah. And, and I went, cause in periods of my life where I was so serious about soccer, you kind of find out that like, look. It, it makes you you start to lose that happiness of that social interaction. There are some people that don't require that, you know. But for me, I needed that to go out with my friend, have a beer, just one, you know. It's not like I had the game the next day. It was just one beer with a friend. He might have two or three, but I'm, I'll have water after that. But just the fact that I would be willing to go out yeah. of my apartment and do that, you know. So I think getting injured for sure showed me that to make other areas of your life important and you will be happier in the long run happier just by yourself and when you're happier outside of soccer i think you perform better in soccer because when you're unhappy and you are just in those moods where you know you're in a low and you go to training you don't train well but if you're happy outside of it you do train well and then i'm not saying go and party every weekend you know but it's It's exactly what he's saying it's a balance you know everything in moderation sean varian one two three says, is it hard adjusting to different styles of play in different countries? This is always a huge topic about like different styles of play in different countries. I mean, you could have, like, obviously, yes, there is different styles. Germany, they're very tactical and technical to a crazy amount where the ball moves so much more and you can be um, less athletic and rely more on your technical and tactical awareness. Mm-hmm. And then you have places like Argentina or Brazil where it's very, you know, flair, moves, like that, that touch and that, that, you know, that passion. And then you have places like over in England that's more like direct, long balls, you know, bigger guys, stuff like that. And then you have places over in the U.S. which is definitely more athletically inclined, you know. We have more athletes and everybody on the team is fast, big, strong. And yes, there are very technical players, but even those technical players, that especially that come over from other places in the world, they go... They have a hard time just being like, everybody's so athletic, you know? And so, yes, I mean, the different styles, there is different different styles of play, but I don't think it's hard to really adjust to it. It doesn't seem like it's that big Yeah, of a I mean, it's very slight, and I think it even varies team to team. Like, I've gone from teams in America, where you're at one team that's so athletic, you know, that doesn't even care about... Is that like Orange County? No, that was like my college team. College, yeah. yeah. And then you go to like places like St. Louis or Sacramento Republic under Precky that's so technical and tactical, you know, let's play. And I don't know, it's just mm-hmm. very like, just play your game. And yeah, maybe you'll be with a team that kind of likes to keep the ball a little bit more. So... You might, one or two of the runs, hold yourself back and play the ball back. Or you'll be in a team that is more go, go, go direct. 
and then you can kind of let loose a little bit more. But like, I don't know, it's almost subconscious. And you kind of, I don't think it's hard at all to adjust to the style styles of play. And I think that's overplayed in terms of, in the world, you know, adjusting to the different styles of play in different mm-hmm. kinds. Just play, you know, play. That's it. That's just my thought on it. But you, I mean, you've seen me. It's, I've gone huge, I mean, if you look at the differences of styles between Germany and America... And just even like wherever, Iceland, Canada, New Zealand. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, I mean, it's just soccer. It's just soccer, always... yeah. And even on the most technical and teams that keep the ball, there's those athletic fast wingers that are direct, you know? Even on the most direct and, you know, focused long ball team in England, there's those players that like to keep the ball in the center defensive mid. So you find your role and you, you can just play. All right, well, that's the end of the Mimi podcast. If this was the Mimi podcast was just you asking me questions, though. Mm -hmm. Well, that's how it is normally. You're usually asking me questions. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's true. How is it going to be any different? I was. I don't know. You wanted me to talk more. Yeah. Ask myself questions. Yeah. No. (laughs) If you guys think that I did a better job than Shelly, let me know in the comments. I like that. Honestly, I could get used to this kind of. Did you like doing that? Yeah. I don't have to talk as much. Can we make every podcast like this? Yeah. <laughs> it's totally fine with me. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, then let's do more of these podcasts then. Well, let's see how people respond to it, if they liked it or not. Let me know what you guys thought, and we'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs> nice, nice outro. <laughs> you did really well. I was a little nervous when you <laughs> when I asked if you're ready for the podcast. I was and preparing you, my questions. Yeah, and you were preparing your questions. I asked you if you're ready, and then you asked me, yeah. How many questions can I ask about dogs? <laughs> I was. I forgot to even ask my questions about dogs. Do you have any questions about dogs? Yes, I do, as a matter of fact. Okay. If there was a Newfoundland mm-hmm. and a Bernese Mountain Dog mm-hmm. sitting right in front of you, mm-hmm. the Bernese Mountain Dog is more athletic and can do more stuff with you. But the Newfoundland <laughs> looks like a Newfoundland. Yeah. Which one would you choose? Newfoundland every time. Oh. <laughs> you passed the test. Okay, we're done. <laughs> I thought you liked Bernice Mountain Dogs more. No, but Newfoundland, there's nothing better than their heads. They have huge heads. I know, they're like basketballs. But big fuzzy heads. This was the Mimi Duggar podcast. Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah.